Hi, it's Dan here for Dusty Disc Radio, and this is the podcast Liner Notes, revealing chats with Canada's retro music makers. Today, I'm very honored to have as my guest, bass player, singer extraordinaire, Donnie Underhill. We'll be talking about music and travels and the business of music, the ups and downs of being a career entertainer, and we'll get some other insights as well about recording and working on major albums and much more as we get his perspective from the Canadian music scene and from someone who's been there for many decades. Donnie is best known as the bass player and backup vocalist for Trooper on their iconic albums, but he also did much more both before and after that band. So we'll get into that as well in our discussion. So thanks for joining me today, Donnie. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm just great. Thank you. How are you today, Dan? Well, I'm doing fine. Thanks for uh, for doing this and for coming over. I guess we can disclose that you're actually at my house. So, <laughs> Well, the secret is you, you invited me over and then put me in the basement. Yeah, there you go. That's right. <laughs> so um, were you from Toronto? You were from Toronto originally, right? That's where you came out from? Yes, I grew up in Toronto. Um, started playing when I was around nine. I took wow. taking lessons in that and uh, kind of worked my way into playing when I was around 12 years old. So, so I've been playing st- for a long time. Yeah. And did you start on guitar or bass or was I- it... Actually started on the guitar and then uh, realized that uh, I really liked to play the bass. So I started playing that and uh, that would go back to well, when I was about 11 or 12. Oh, cool. Well, we're glad you did because you're really good at it. So uh, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> it worked out very well. And and then uh, I guess, you know, you just like a lot of other goofy young kids, you get together with your buddies and play some tunes and see what happens, right? Yeah, I started playing with a, a piano player guy and I have been draining my brain trying to remember his name yeah. and it will uh i can't come up with it at all but yeah. kind of moved from there and met a couple of guys at school started playing uh actually played in the band called the orphans that was my, actually my first band with a couple oh, of guys cool. from school yeah. <laughs> it was a lot yeah. of fun yeah moved up. and then so i always wonder when with people's journey you know like when did you decide that you might actually be able to make a living or you might be able to do it for a, a career uh, I finished high school. I'd played all the way through high school uh, with a band that was, we used to play some of the arenas and play uh, um, schools and stuff like that. And then when I finished high school, I actually got a job um, okay. at a place in Toronto called uh, Drug Trading. And I worked in the pharmaceutical department and okay. I was there for about two months and I went, what am I doing? Yeah. I had an offer to go on the road with uh with a, a gentleman who had a show in Toronto. His name was Bob Francis. Mm. Uh, he did, he was like a Tom Jones guy. Okay. He did cool. Tom Jones. Like he was brilliant. They went on the road with him and then, um, uh, left that. And we started uh, same band. We just left him. Um, I think he went back to New York or something like that. And I started with a guy named Robbie Lane, who, oh. uh, I don't know if you remember that name or not. Well, I do. I interviewed him. He was on my podcast about uh, last year, I think. Oh, Absolutely. well, great. Well, him and I are old buddies from going way well, back. He's a great uh, guy. Excellent. Uh, wonderful. Apparently, he's doing radio broadcasts in Toronto or something like that, from what I understand. I don't know. You know what? He's, he's still playing and singing, too. He said, I'm going to sing till they close the lid. He was a great guy, a, just yeah. a wonderful guy. We we had a lot of fun. Well, so I didn't, when realize the, you, I didn't realize you played with Robbie Lane. Yeah, for quite oh, a while. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he was real good friends with uh, Ronnie Hawkins going yeah. way back to the old days. Yeah. yeah um, and uh, yeah, he was a lot of fun. Did yeah. that and kind of moved on from there uh, into uh, some other guy. Just decided I wanted to play music and that's the yeah. end of it full time. And, uh, you know, had a, was offered a job too. And I said yeah. nope not doing that <laughs> so so you were one of the one of the disciples robbie lane and the disciples actually were- <laughs> I, I, <laughs> the disciples were a little different but then yeah. we, we were uh, yeah. uh i think our band was called robbie lane and somebody came up with the name bent feather i have no idea but i recall oh, I, I might i'd have to go and look at some of the old pictures that we have uh, with cool. robbie I yeah so then what was the band lee ashford you you played in that band it, I did. That was with a, a guy named Gord Wozik. Yeah. Um, had a, a an organist by the name of Newton Garwood, uh, a drummer, brilliant drummer by the name of Dave Karens, and yeah. myself, who were a four piece band. Uh, did that for a while. They did a recording project after I left. I got sick and ended up bowing out. Okay. And a good friend of ours by the name of Joe Ignello uh, ended up joining the band. Uh, they played yeah. around for quite a while. Gord Wasik was uh, one of the guys that ended up playing in Flood with me. He I was yeah. instrumental in getting me in the Flood. So, yeah, so that I was yeah. going to ask you, that, that was the next band. You guys, a couple of guys left from there and, and went to play with Flood, right? Yeah. The, 
Yeah, yeah, we kind of moved. Uh, well, Gord had gone first, and I can't remember who I was playing with at the time. After I, I got sick and uh, had some bug that took me like two weeks to get rid of. Okay, <laughs> it could have been COVID back then. Who knows? Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I got a phone call, and uh, I, I knew all the guys like Brian and Ed and and uh, John, which changed his name to Yorn uh, Anderson, and um, Gord Wasig was playing guitar. So um, I got asked to join them guys and uh, did one album with those guys called Great Expectations, cool. which was a lot. That was in, hmm, I think it was in Quebec City. We did it. No, it was in Montreal. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, recorded with those guys and played and had a lot of fun. It was a fun band. Well, like, Flood and Flood did well. I mean, they were a well-known band. Yeah. Radio play and. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of, lots of touring, lots of playing, never come out West, but, no. um, did all the East coast and everything else. And, uh, cool. it was a lot, it was a lot of fun. And so did, Greg Godovitz was in that band. You replaced him, right? Is that right? He, yeah. I think they had a falling out. I can't really, I don't remember exactly no. what happened with him. Uh, I, I've ran into him over the years, numerous times. As a matter of fact, uh, they, uh, Greg's band, uh, Gatto opened for us guys when I was in Trooper for uh, oh, a number of, co a yeah. couple of funny stories, but I'm not going to tell you the one story. Uh, no, no, real innocent, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't want to embarrass Greg because he's such a great guy. Yeah. So, okay. Well, that's yeah. funny. So you had, you, how long were you in flood then? Uh, about two and a half, two and a half, three years, I think, I uh, guess in there. Mid seventies, 73 to 75 kind of thing. Well, I moved out here 76. So that would have been, yeah, 72 to about 74 or so. Okay. Uh, yeah. The, the, and yeah. then I left those guys. That's when I went in and uh, moved into Brutus. With yeah. Walt you played. Well. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I mean, and, and Ooh Mama Mama is a great song. Uh, and, you know, we did one album with those guys. Uh, and uh, I talked to Walter all the time. We've become great friends, uh, Facebook. And uh, oh, just good. generally, every once in a while, there's a phone call or something dumb. We laugh at each other. Yeah. Last time I talked to him, we were on the phone for an hour and a half almost. Oh, wow. It's just the two of us were just crying, laughing at some of the stupid things we did. Yeah. Uh, they, he That was a character band, very, very huge character band. So Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah no, that's that, I mean, that's an important part of it. You've always understood that, right? Just trying yeah. to be, you know, be the rock guy and, and have fun and, and yeah. get people to enjoy it, right? If if you're not having fun, what's the point? You know, yeah. I've, I've always said that. So yeah. oh, I, that's cool. I still I still have the ability to embarrass myself and laugh about it, you know? Yeah. yeah well, so great. the interesting thing, what struck me is I I looked at the list of, of Brutus of the members that were in that band and, mm -hmm. and there's a ton of guys that went through that band. Like Frank Ludwig was in that band and, and he was in the band before me. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. That's kind of instrumental how uh, the, the, uh, uh, the trooper, uh, the trooper yeah. thing worked out. So, and then, uh, because it says Paul Dean was in the band for a while. Jerry Doucette played with them because Jerry was from, I think Montreal, but he, he ended up in yeah. Toronto at some point too. Right. Yeah, I think that might have been way, way back before me. Uh, right. I think yeah. I was in Flood when he was in there. And yeah, uh, yeah that was, oh, cool. uh, they were a good band. Good yeah, band. well, and you guys, I mean, like I said, they, Ooh Mama Mama was a great song, but I don't know if they got much airplay on some of the other tunes, but there certainly was well recorded and um, good songs. Yeah, the album that we did with them, uh, um, I can't remember what it was called. I would have to go find an album and look yeah. at it. Oh. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's got some airplay back east and stuff like that. It, it, it was a hard door to open out here, you know, yeah. back when we were young to get uh, the entertainment world out here, you know. Well, and then, of course, you're at the golden age of the Canadian music scene with all the bands. I mean, there was tons yep. of really good bands around, right? And oh. Lots of musicians and just great. Yeah. So. We used to play the gas words and, of course, Rush would play there and uh, uh and almost everybody played there a foot in cold water alex yeah. uh alex and i played in one of our first bands together uh, yeah. uh going way back um uh, we were called the tenants and uh, that's where oh. alex and i we we found alex on a uh an ad in the paper he was looking for a band to wow. sing with and we found him in the paper Unreal. that was yeah yeah he was great so him yeah. and i we still we still talk here and there yeah. talked to him recently he's doing well and then I know your buddies with Frank Soda. Did you know him back in Toronto or did you just connect with him when he was out here? I'm more connected with him when he came out here. Um, okay. uh, yeah, he had the Frank Soda and the imps and he used to blow up the TVs on his oh, head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he went, Moon man and all that. Oh, yeah. he's, yeah. A, he's yeah. a character, that man. He's, he's a cool oh, he's guy. Great. Yeah. And cool great guy. guitar player too. Like uh, yeah. quite, quite yeah. an accomplished guitar player. I was a bit surprised when I saw him. I thought, man, this guy's really good. 
No, he's a great player. And, yeah. and you know, he's just, he's always smiling. You know, that, oh, that yeah. guy just, yeah. he's always got a smile on his face, which is yeah. great. Yeah, oh, good. Yeah. So, and then the interesting thing to me, like you came to Vancouver in the mid seventies, I guess. So you yep. heard Trooper was looking for a bass player and you kind of thought, you know, I like their tunes. I'm going to come out and check it out. I was uh, playing in Brutus at the time and uh, there was some, a few, uh, Problems getting a couple of guys not getting along in that. And uh, uh, George Elms was our manager, as I recall, but he was real good friends with Sam. And uh, I said to George, I heard that Troopers looking for a bass player. Um, I don't know what the ins and outs are on that. Uh, look into it. And he called me back and he says, you're flying out to uh, Vancouver next weekend. And I played and flew out here. And two weeks later at Thanksgiving, I was uh, driving out here to live out here. Wow. Cause I, it, it, so that would have been 76, 76. Yeah. yeah. See, I remember like I was, I, I'm a little younger than you are, but I remember cause in the music scene, that was, <laughs> there was a pretty big deal. There was this buzz of this, this bass, bass player coming out from Toronto. Cause I knew Smitty, right? Like I, I, I worked, I worked at the Bow Fiddler and we had a bunch of mutual friends. Jeez, so actually yeah. I knew Smitty when I was 16 years old and I was a young guitar player, skinny guy with long hair. And, and yeah. then, so when you came out here, there was a pretty big buzz about it. They got this, yeah. this hot shot guy comes out from Toronto and I, I, think, I, I, I can't believe everyone uh, tells me that. And I'm going, how come I didn't know this? <laughs> well, it's, I actually came down, you were, you were filling in with a club band or something. Cause you were doing the trooper things and you were doing recording and you did some touring mm. and stuff, but you were playing. I remember the first time I saw you, it was at the Carlton down oh, in gosh. Vancouver and you were yeah. playing with some other band. I said, Oh, Donnie Underhill's down there. So I, sn I was underage. I snuck in and I saw, and I watched you and you were playing with <laughs> some guy. I remember the, the guitar player had an orange amp. He had the orange head and stuff. And oh, you've got you me going. You were up Carlton. there. Carlton. It was yeah, a Carlton. Carlton. You were up there playing and singing. It was just a side gig. It was some club band that you were filling in with or something to do on hiatus from the Trooper tour or you were, the recording was going on. And that's when I first saw you. That was the first time I saw you. And that oh, would have been boy. 77, probably. Yeah. You've got me. You've got me on that one. I, yeah. I did a few things uh, with different guys, but I don't, yeah. I don't remember that one for sure. Well, I do because I wanted to see this this hotshot bass player that came out from <laughs> Toronto, right? So I thought, oh, let's go down and see him. Let's <laughs> well, you're sure laying it on me, aren't yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, I used to, I, because I was tall, I had long hair. You couldn't really see my face. So you couldn't tell that I was 17. I looked <laughs> so that was your secret. I didn't no, have a was. secret. Yeah, that yeah. was my secret. I got yeah. into the, I went to the body shop when it, when yeah. I was uh, probably 17 or 18 and they never said nothing to me because I was taller than wow. the bouncer was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was yeah, come on in. <laughs> yeah. The, I'm going to remember that one. Yeah. yeah that's too funny. Good. Cool. Well, no, it's, so it was good. And then, and of course, like I said, I knew Smitty and, and they already had some success. They had the first album was decent. There was a couple of hits yeah. on there. And then of course, two for the show was great. I loved, I, I'm a big trooper fan, right? Like I'll admit oh, it. Yeah. I, I love that stuff. Right. And yeah. Smitty's playing and the songs and with you on there. I mean, when you came into the band, that was really those next sort of five albums were defining. Those were the defining albums of that. Well, band. when I, I got in there, there was, uh, they were just finishing up the two for the show album. And there was something, I don't remember exactly how it went, but there was something with one of the tunes, I believe it was called ready. That was on that or yeah. something like that. And, uh, so I don't, I just remember there was some cleanup that had, that they wanted to do, or as I recall, I mean, I might be yeah. wrong on how it all went, but, uh, you know, um, it, it all worked out great. And I mean, it was just the move. I was blown away at uh, being asked to move. And yeah. uh, when I jumped in, it was, it, we never looked back, you know. Well, and you were exactly fun. what they needed because you were young and fresh and played great and sang great, looked good on oh, stage. I mean, you're I mean, really, they, I mean, they needed someone. That's why they didn't have the person that they had. Right. Yeah. I, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I never questioned that. I just, you know, I was just happy to be there. I had yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. You know, when, when George came to me and he says, you're flying up next week. And then Walter was uh, a million percent happy for me doing that. Good. And yeah. uh, it was fun to, uh, I drove out here and pulled the little trailer and I parked it at Sam's place and my dad drove out with me. He says, come on, let's, we'll make this a, you know, a yeah, fun cool. trip. And we did. So, so yeah. Sam, you, you mentioned Sam, you, Sam Feldman. Yeah. You're talking about Sam Feldman. I just wanted to make yeah. sure our listeners know who you're talking about. So. Um, well, he was there. He's always been the trooper manager and yep. that stuff. And, and, uh, he was great. He, I mean, he was there. He helped me out a bunch when I got out here cause I didn't really even have a place to stay at that point. Yeah. Uh, I had some friends. I stayed with some friends, uh, 
and uh, yeah. that was right downtown Vancouver. And uh, okay. you know, yeah, it was fun. Well, and Sam and Smitty were friends, right? I mean, they, uh, yeah, they uh, were kind of tied at the hip for a long time. Yeah, you know, oh, very yeah, they cool. have been. I think well, they so, still see each other quite all the time, as far as yeah. I know. You know, oh, cool. So then for you, I mean, like, like again, the Toronto scene was pretty happening. You come out to Vancouver and you're next thing you know, you're in Trooper. And then the, the next album is Knock 'Em Dead, which yeah. is 1977. And that was fantastic. I mean, I love that album. And uh, you got Pretty Lady, you got Here, here for a Long Time, or here for, sorry, a, good here for a Good Time. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, I like Look So Good. We actually used to play that Look So Good because it's such like a power it. tune, right? We got when we started rehearsing for the for that album. Um, they, those guys were great. They gave me a lot of leeway, and in, in uh, I mean, they they wrote good tunes, and and I got to help out with some of the arranging and stuff like that. You know, in just different parts, I come up with ideas. Yeah. Um, it was a Brutus was a really creative band and taught me a whole bunch of stuff, and I I always felt it was important to help out with arranging and stuff like that so yeah. there were some cool tunes that come out of that album yeah it was a, a knock of dead kid was, was just so much fun to play that tune Great a few album. other ones you know i love it yeah. and then yeah. so randy backman produced that is that right he did yeah and how yeah. was that was there was there tension with that or was it okay or? oh gosh no no he was great to deal with um the only thing with randy was uh he wanted to have chinese food every night for dinner and we'd always <laughs> want to go someplace else. so so we get our podium for the day for maybe i'm not supposed to tell anybody yeah, this yeah, uh okay. we get our podium for every day and then randy would order up the chinese food go, come on randy we want to go for a burger no no we're on chinese food <laughs> he liked his chinese food he was one of those gentlemen so yeah you know, well the album sure came out well i mean you can't argue yeah. with success right like they always say like success it, is its own reward and his deal was uh keep it simple you know yeah. uh, don't overplay don't overproduce uh um i mean of course you can see the success he's had over the years yeah. uh uh he just was magic with that and he was always great to get along with you know yeah good yeah and that was that was the classic lineup basically that was ray smitty tommy you and frank frank yeah mm -hmm. So yeah. what's your what's your view of Frank? I mean, he's a great singer, great player. I mean, I uh, I, I really enjoyed the fact that he was in the band. Yeah, um, well, he was in he was in Brutus before me. That's where I first met him, and that, and then he left the band for I don't know what reasons, but he moved back out here, joined Trooper, mm -hmm. and uh, he was a great partner on the on the. He has a good spirit. He always had fun. Um, you know, he was a different, a little bit a different fellow. Um, we never, we, I've never been to his house. We, we never have. Yeah. I've never met his wife, huh, but most of the guys, say, yeah, it was kind of. He just wanted to keep that part of his life separate. You know, yeah. it was great. Um, uh, yeah, he just, he, I think he just had some problems uh, uh, with band issues. I think that's why he left. Uh, yeah. The whole uh, scene, never, I guess. Or... Uh, maybe so. Uh, we never really discussed it. So, yeah. you know, when he left, it was, he walked out the door and we said, okay, here we go. Yeah. Something else has got to I mean, happen. He's a great talent. Like he, oh. did he, he played the intro to two for the show too, right? Is yeah. That right. Yeah. 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 No, he's a great talent. And, I mean. and pretty lady. He wrote all that stuff and uh, oh. he, he's unbelievably creative, great singer. Yeah. Um, you know, the, with him and Ray and I doing harmonies, uh, yeah, uh, it, it was, it was really strong. He had, strong singer really strong singer great yeah guy, well that's dude. the thing like and it, so so then what struck me also so in 77 you do thick as um, um knock em dead kid and then yeah. the next year you did thick as thieves thick as thieves yeah which was totally great and frank really shone in that because you got round round we go and then yep. moment that it takes you and you and tommy wrote that song is that right well i was working on it up uh, tommy and i were living in the same house uh uh in new west and uh, i was worked i just had this idea and i was playing it and he came up and started singing some harmonies and then frank actually wrote most of the lyrics for it so yeah. cool. um and so we said well frank you better sing it yeah. <laughs> you know so which is great well, um, and that yeah. was a that was a hit for you guys and so was round round we go yeah yeah they were fun they're just a bit of a change for the band but it was it was it was just you know we wanted to do a few things different than ray and brian were never the kind of guys that go this is our tunes all they got to be all our tunes if you had yeah. ideas and they worked and stuff like that um you know they they jumped in there you know, it was it was pretty uh it was pretty fair fair in all the sharing and everything yeah 
Well, so. that's, that's kind of what struck me is you got to get good guys together that are talented and then let them show their talent, right? So Frank has yeah. to be able to sing and play. He's great. Yep. And then you yep. got to be able to put your two cents in and play your parts yep. and sing your parts. And it was great. And and Tommy's like personality plus, right? Well, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> we, we better not go there. <laughs> uh, I still, I mean, having uh, Tommy around, I just talked to him last night okay. and uh, conversation with Tommy, you turn the TV off and you know that you're going to be there for a while. Oh yeah. Cause, Cause he gets going, he, yeah. he gets going. He has a lot of fun. He's got a lot of questions and he's really real as a professional at asking the same question six times. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> we tease him all the time. Stuart, you've asked yeah. that question six times yeah. now. Shut up. Yeah. Is, <laughs> uh, is it me? Is it me? Am I confused? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's a character. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that, I mean, the thing is, is that the other thing that struck me, the things must've been coming at you at a hundred miles an hour because you come out here, you finish that one album. Of course, you're doing live dates too. Then you do uh, the first album, like Knock 'em Dead Kid. Then you do Thick as Thieves. And then right in 79, you're back in the studio doing Flying Colors, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it, like, it just kept wow. coming and coming. And then uh, I guess it would have been 79 or 80. We, we flew to Toronto and we, we thought we were going to get the, the win the Juno or something like that. And we didn't yeah. win it. So the next year, I guess we got our Juno award. And, and um, you know, it was last minute, us guys going. Uh, somebody finally said to Sam at the back there, well, you, you better get these guys out here. So we flew in um, uh, <laughs> via to 747 and we had the upstairs that changed into uh, change our clothes um, on the plane and everything else. And of course, we're all getting changed and everything else. And we heard somebody come out of the cockpit and we all ended up in the cockpit shooting the oh. breeze. We, I mean, maybe I'm not supposed to tell this story, <laughs> but uh, we ended up in the cockpit and they showed us around that. We got oh, changed cool. and, yeah. and went right down to a uh, harbor, harbor front. I believe it was a, a big, uh, um, uh, the, as wherever they had the, uh, the Junos that year, yeah. and one, one, and um, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty eventful. I I left yeah. there in a limo to go uh, back to the hotel and uh, uh, meet uh, a friend of mine from Toronto. And uh, coming out of the the thing, we get nailed by some girl who stole her husband's car oh. and ran into the side of the limo, blew oh. us all down onto the floor. Yeah, it was a good night. That was a good wow. night for Jeez sure. Louise. Yeah. Well, yeah. so then with Flying Colors, that you went down to LA. I see on here the credits that you had Steve Picaro on there and Steve Lukather. Oh. Well, actually, yeah. that ended up going to the, the guys decided uh, they wanted to add a little flavor to it. And that was done by, and I can't remember the producer's name. Uh, gosh. Howard, Howard Steele. Howard Steele. Yeah. And he decided he wanted to get those guys because he knew them uh, okay. to add some flavor. So uh, yeah. they did a few things on there. Some controversy with that. Um, yeah. You know, there was, uh, it was kind of done without um, being kind of confronted or asked about it. Um, okay. There's a few things that were kind of weird. Um, it's just with different guys doing parts and stuff like that. Yeah. And to, you know, I'd have to go through, I have the rough tracks at home. I'd have to sit down for about two days and go through it and figure out who did what that yeah. was different, you know, but so, yeah, I got done, but those guys, yeah, it was kind of nice to have guys like that to put a little bit of doctoring on stuff. You know? Well, sometimes it's nice to have the name on there, although yeah. that was right before they kind of hit it really big, like Luke really big. Became, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. um, but the thing about that, so did you actually record the album in LA or did you record it here? Uh, I think it was done here. Yeah. I'm almost positive it was done here at downtown. Um, um, not, it might've been Little Mountain as I recall. Yeah. Well, that's what I was wondering about. Cause I was talking to, uh, I was talking to David, uh, Hayes the other day and we talked about that. Some albums are recorded in two or three different studios sometimes. Yeah. Right? You go to somewhere uh, else and record a part. Yeah, as as far as I remember, we recorded it here, and then I think that uh, Howard Steele took it to Florida because some of those guys were doing something in Florida to a okay. studio there and yeah. had some uh, overdubs and stuff like that. He didn't mess with most of the tracks. Yeah. I believe he did overdubs and stuff like that, and uh, then brought it back. And I believe we've, I believe it was finished being mixed in L.A. Boy, that goes okay. back. I'm, you got yeah, me well, thinking hard. No, there now. you go. But, uh, but it was one of those albums that uh, you got three dressed up as a nine out of it, and then you did yep. Mr. You did Mr. Big with, uh, yep. then and then Janine, I guess, was the other one that. Uh, yes, all about yeah. uh, some some girl in, in Montreal. 
There you go. Yeah. yeah. So some girl. No, no. We, we, there was really no girl in Montreal. It was yeah. just with some lyrics that Ray came up with. He had this idea, yeah. and you know, huh. and that's kind of where it came from. So. Cool. And then, uh, and then, of course, in 1979, Hot Shots, you released. So that was the weird thing I remember back then, because Flying Colors came out, and then within it was the same year, I think. Hot Shots. Yeah. Came out. Uh, I, yeah, it was like 10 months. Um, I, I believe there was an offer to do it and they wanted to do it at a certain point. And there was an, it was a decision made and an offer made to do, to put it out. And okay. it probably, if we didn't do it, then it wouldn't have got done possibly, you know, it was up in the air. So yeah. that's why we decided. Yeah, that that makes sense. Although yeah. that probably didn't cost you a lot of work, right? It was a record company. Sort of. uh, it was all record company and they picked all the tunes they want. And all we did was we had a right in uh, the arrangement of the tunes and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. I believe that's when mm-hmm. we went in the studio and did uh, sports car. Uh, there was a version of sports car. I don't think it ever made an album, but we did redid. So I think that's the only one. Okay. Um, that was a an add-on for uh, right. for for uh, Hot Shots. Because I mean, that was sold huge, right? I mean, that was it, it did, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't even, you know, I have a triple platinum album that I received uh, uh, in the mail. We all got one, and a couple of them got wrecked. So hmm. I still have my triple platinum album oh, cool. in, in pieces. Yeah, I mean, well, so it's kind of funny. You know, anybody wants yeah. to see your albums, you go here. Look at this one; it's still in pieces, right? You know, so. Well, because of my history with the band, I I knew all yeah. of the albums. I, I we learned. I played Roller Rink and Gypsy Wheeler oh, and stuff off the first album, and of course General Hangard. I, I was a young guitar player, so I thought Smitty yeah. was great. You know, I loved yeah. him. I I still yeah. do. I'm still a big fan. You know, you so. know people people hear General Hangard and they still go off the deep end because oh, it's, it's great. It's it's so much. It's such a cool tune, and it's yeah. so much fun to play too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So how much singing did you do in the studio? Did you, did you plan it? So you guys had the different voices? Um, I was usually got stuck being, uh, the girl in the band. You yeah, know, I always go. got the, <laughs> I always got the falsetto part. The high end. And I, I've always got stuck doing that, you know I mean? Yeah. Uh, not that I got stuck. I mean, I, it was, you uh, do it, it was right? cool. I could do it. And, yeah. uh, you know, I guess I was the pretty one in the band yeah. then, wasn't I? So. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not falling for that one. I watched the video the other night of the Edmonton concert. That was good. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I was just got back from my daughter's place, and uh, uh, she had um, a video that I'd never seen before, and it was from oh. t- some TV show. It's got to go back to 77 or something right around when I got there just because of the clothing. And I, yeah. she looked at me and said, did you keep those pants dead? I said, Oh, I, I doubt if I kept those, those are pretty ugly. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, they were white pants and they looked like they were bell bottoms and everything else. I'm going, Oh, geez, where'd funny. I get those from? Yeah. So then the other thing I was going to ask you about your bass playing, did you always play with a pick or did you play with fingers sometimes? I always played with fingers until uh, Dave Elmer came along. Um, and he was our sound engineer, uh, on the road with us guys for years. And he just uh, said, listen, uh, it's so much easier if you play with the pick uh, because yeah. I can get it out and it sells smoother so I started playing with the pick but now I'm okay. basically back to playing with my fingers but yeah. I still play with you know it depends on what it is if you're playing yeah. kind of a hard rock tune it kind of works better with a pick you know yeah, no, yeah. I, I know what you're saying because I, I always ask bass players that because a lot of them go back and forth because the pick gives you the attack right and it, it does can, you, can, you can palm mute and you can play a little differently than than the fingers, that's right, right? Yeah, yeah yeah it just gives you the you know, the attack and the sharpness of uh no. you know what you're doing so yeah oh, that's that, cool so thanks dale thank you to dave elmer wherever he is these there days you go. Yeah. yeah well I, w- I wondered about that because I, I i knew you went back and forth and i wasn't sure yeah. but then a couple of videos i saw you were definitely playing with a pick i guess yeah for, yeah yeah. So then in 1980, you did, so I always called it the Real Canadians album, but it's actually an untitled album, right? It is, yeah. That's just weird. Why, why is that? They just uh, I, we just, I don't think anybody could come up with a name for it, as I recall. And uh, we, you know, we looked at all the tunes on the album and uh, we just called the Trooper. And then they had that kind of uh army figure or whatever it was on the front that was was indistinguishable um so yeah i don't 
we just could never come up with a name, you know, to call the album. So let's call it Trooper, right? But we always call it Real Canadians, the Real Canadian problem. <laughs> That's, That's one of my favorite tunes all the time. I, I know, love that tune. And I, but I thought that was the name of the album because I, we had to find a way to name it because the first album was an untitled album. It was just right, Trooper. Correct. Right. Yeah. So then, and we even discussed that. I can remember discussing that, but we couldn't yeah. come up with a, still couldn't come up with a name. We just go, oh, what the heck? Just call it Trooper, you know? <laughs> well, whatever. So. Well, that's, so that was recorded in Vancouver. And then by that time, Randy wasn't producing you guys anymore. Right? Uh, that was basically done. Um, uh, yeah, the, it, it kind of produced by us guys, more uh, Ray and Brian, because they kind of had the upper hand on it by that point, because yeah. uh, the world was changing and so was our band, you know? Yeah, yeah, fair so, enough. And then yeah. uh, so Frank was gone and we had Rob Dean's in on Rob Dean, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Rob Dean. Now, now that gentleman was a, a character. He, there's some great yeah. stories about Rob. He was, he was a lot of fun and a brilliant player. He, yeah. he came to us uh, uh, when Frank left and we were looking around for a keyboard player. And um, there was a fellow from, I, oh, the name won't come to me, but from LA come up and sat in and then Rob come in. Uh, and he bugged us and bugged us and bugged the office that he wanted to try out and try out. He says, I know all the tunes. And he sat down and he played everything. Oh, wow. He played it was the intro for two for the show, intro for Pretty Lady. He knew yeah. I almost, wow. we couldn't stump him on a tune. He knew everything. It was like, <laughs> cool. Well, okay, I guess we got to hire you. You don't <laughs> sing, but geez, what the heck? But uh, yeah, he was a lot of fun. Well, good. Well, there's something to be said about taking the job rather than auditioning for the job. You know, right? he, you you couldn't say no to him because I mean, yeah. it was he was he was so hot on with the whole thing. Yeah. So, is he uh, still around? I have no idea. Somebody told oh. me he was in Victoria. Uh, that's going back a ways. I have hmm. no idea where he is. Yeah. We never hear from him at all. You oh, know? Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then the interesting thing, so then, then that was the second lineup. So you, so Rob was on keys and then you did money talks in 1982. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was pretty much where the band was kind of unraveling. I think at that point, right? Yeah. We were in one studio that was a sound, uh, um, what was it called in down, downtown Vancouver? Not, I'm thinking sounds the interchange, which was Toronto. Um, yeah. Uh, not little mountain. It was little mountain, little I believe. Mountain, okay. yeah. And uh, yeah, things were starting to come apart. Uh, Lover boy was recording next door. Um, it was just difference of interests, and you know, uh, got down to who wanted to stay and who wanted to go and who wanted yeah. to run it, yeah. and a bunch of meetings and everything else. And we just came to a, you know an understanding of what we wanted to do and yeah. change the band around that way. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, with, with success comes the tension and all the stress that goes along with it. I mean, you guys, the one thing about you guys, it was super cool. I was really happy for Smitty and all you guys is you got to play the Coliseum in your hometown, basically, where, yeah. where, you yeah. know, where Smitty, well, that was a huge deal, right? Yeah. You know, well, and the fun part about that is uh, I still have a couple of pictures and the other guys do of us guys come back out on the stage for the, we said the odd time, do the stance for Thickest Thieves, right? With all yeah. five of us. And we saw, I've got a picture that somebody gave me of us guys standing on the corner of the stage uh, doing the Thickest Thieves yeah just shot right it oh, was cool but it, yeah but uh, it was pretty cool yeah and, well that's neat uh, and then the edmonton one which i mentioned that was 79 where you do three just episodes yeah. of nine but i mean that's got over six hundred and sixty thousand views on oh, youtube right yeah, i mean yeah. lots of people have watched that it's it's amazing uh, to, uh how many people love that tune uh, um oh, the name three dress up as a nine um, was a name that we were joking one day and we were joking about a girl that used to come out and see us uh, in Toronto all the time. And I had said, yeah, she's, she's real nice. Uh, and I could say her name, but I don't think that's fair to yeah. her. Uh, <laughs> but somebody, you know, I'd said, yeah, she's a, She's hot. She's a three dress up as a nine. Ray yeah. hears that and starts writing the tune. Oh. So that's how the name uh, three dress up as a nine came around. Oh, so the next so. thing you know, you're recording a song called three dress up, three up as a nine, yeah. <laughs> but funny. I can't tell you who it was about. So. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was, it was super cool. And then, and then they did, of course, in Vancouver. I don't know if people heard it across Canada. They did Twig dressed up as a pine, right? Oh, we did. Yeah. Did, did you guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we would do that the odd time, just being goofy. But that was yeah. for the Christmas. Remember, they had the Christmas tree, and yeah. then they had the little Charlie yeah. Brown tree, and it was just yeah. a Twig dressed up as a pine. Oh uh, no, you remember more than I do. Jeez, <laughs> that was too good. I loved it. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Yeah. yeah oh, that's great. That was too yeah. funny. So then, um, so by the early eighties, I mean, obviously the tension caught up with it. Frank left the band and Tommy, 
left the band and then you eventually yeah. left as well, right? In that yeah, would have been I, 83, I, No, no, later than that would have okay. been 80, 85. Oh, okay. I think you around 80, 85, because uh, we started doing the trauma thing. Uh, there was a version of it, but that would have been 86. March 6th, yeah. 86, we played uh, the first trauma date was uh, i don't know why i remember that day but it was at the royal towers and okay. and the zodiac downstairs yep, with trauma go. that was our first gig well so the interesting thing to me though is that like smitty and ray had some problems too they parted because i know uh, brian smith started code red right i had a pa company i rented gear to code red i saw them lots of times and smitty went yeah. out and played the clubs again for probably a couple of years right yeah uh, there was a hiatus there where, they were, uh, where nothing was going on if that's the right word um yeah. and uh that's when he started code red yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just we weren't on the road and there was uh, a time period where it just you know it was kind of a mess and uh yeah. um you I know nobody that, had uh, answers my understanding was Smitty and Ray had a, a falling out and a parting of the ways for a period of time there. That was what hmm. I, because, because my friend Garth Hutchison was the sound man for that band too. Right. right. Yeah. I don't know if you remember Garth. You remember yes, Garth I do. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I don't know if that's true, to be truthful okay. with yeah. you. Know, I, I, I don't recall anything too much like that. Maybe they just decided they needed a break, but yeah, I don't think be. they had a, I don't think those two guys ever had a falling out. They, they might have yelled okay. at each other once in a while, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't. No, I were, can't yeah. yeah. You've got me on that one. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. That was my understanding. I, and I, don't, I yeah. don't have any information other than that. Although I, I, like I said, I saw Code Red tons because they were using my gear. And then I, Garth was my friend. Garth, right. uh, rest, in, rest his uh, soul yeah. because yeah. he, we lost him in early 84 or 85, I think. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he just, well, wait a minute. Let, let's go back on that one. Let, like, let's start some controversy we'll just you know we should tell everybody that there were really big huge fight and everything else right <laughs> cause some trouble no, no we're not doing that no. we're not doing that no, no. That, there then, was nothing like that yeah so yeah. then so you went on like i mean the thing for you like when you left uh, trooper i mean you're you're yeah. at the top of your game so when you went into the club scene you were at the top instantly because you came out of a, a major recording act and stuff but what, what was the deal with the hun when you had when you played with john hall and Rocket well, Norton and Jeff Neal. How did that come about? We were, um, uh, uh, I had done a couple of things with Rocket and John, uh, with Bill, uh, Bill Henderson and, oh gosh, um, it was kind of a thing with we uh, was Gary Taylor's downtown across okay, from yeah. the cave. Gary uh, we did a couple, room, yeah. yeah, did a couple of things in there. And we had a, a horn section called the Veggie Horn Section, trombone, trumpet, and sax. And mm. we would do. Uh, I'm trying to remember the girl's name, um, uh, but we did a couple of things like that. And then uh, we got talking about doing something. And then I got a phone call from Rocket, and he said, uh, uh, "We're thinking about doing this thing with Jeff Neal." And do uh, you want to come play bass? And we're going to put together a bunch of tunes. So uh, I, I went, yeah, that sounds yeah, great. Cool. And I was kind of in between whatever, or else I had a breaks in where, whatever I was doing. And uh, we went to John Hall's place and started writing tunes. And we wrote like 18 tunes um, in two weeks. And then, yeah. I mean, they were all kind of... Uh, um, we have still have recordings of some of the other stuff, but uh, and the lists of all the tunes that we wrote, uh, but uh, they all became just kind of like uh, uh, Pink Floyd, only a little bit rockier versions and long yeah. drawn out tunes and everything else. And then we went into Mushroom and recorded them, and we just went out and did a, a bunch of dates, and yeah. we had a ball. That was so much fun, boy. Cool. Uh, Rocky, uh, Rocky, and yeah. I would just sat there and we'd just pull our parts, you know, yeah. dump a kick drum here, add a kick drum. Yeah. And, uh, simplify the bass part. And, <laughs> and John Hall, I mean, you don't give him a door without him uh, <laughs> writing a symphony through it. And Jeff yeah. wrote all the lyrics and, uh, and sang everything. It was yeah. just an absolute fun time we had. So well, very cool. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I never got to see you guys, but so just for our listeners, John Hall, Rocket Norton from Prism. Prism and then yeah. of course, Jeff Neal's with Streetheart. Now he was with yeah. uh, Jimmy Barnes and mm -hmm. just come out of Shama and, played with uh, Lita Ford. I think he played with for a while. Oh, too, right? gee, you've got a good memory. Oh, yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, well, cool. so you guys, how long did Hun last? Was that oh, it was on and off for a year, year and a half. Yeah. It, you know, okay. it was just whenever something would happen. It would, uh, yeah. We'd had holes in our calendar. And I think Rocket and John were still playing with Prism and they were out yeah. the road doing yeah. stuff like that. So uh, that they were on were... again, off again too. But yeah. Yeah. That's a... Yeah. 
No, that's cool. So then when you, so obviously you got back to the clubs, like I said, you, you were instantly at the top, you know, you're on the scene with Tommy. And so I saw you guys yeah. lots of times, you know, and yeah. I was doing okay. But the thing is with you guys, you had the edge because you had a lot of laurels to fall back on, right? Someone like well, me I'm competing with guys. I got no laurels. I'm going to leave that alone. Cause I yeah. got a comment. Yeah. Uh, no, we just, you know, we were lucky and Sam was great. We, uh, we had uh, a couple of different guys from the uh, Feldman, uh, an institution looking after us and booking dates and stuff like that. And uh, when we started, it was uh, uh, Tommy and myself and Brent Knutson and yeah. um, and uh, oh, I just went blank on his name. Uh, um, uh, play with Brian Adams. Uh, uh, oh, Jim Bell. Jim Bell. No, right? no, no, no. Playing keyboards. Uh, oh, uh, John, John Hanna. John Hanna wasn't Hannah. going to come to me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we, I mean, that was just a riot. You know, we just yeah. uh, kibitzed our way through everything we did. Um, and then John had to go back on the road. And yeah. Brent got antsy and uh, got offered a job to go with Cease and Desist with uh, yeah. Mark LaFrance and Mick yeah. Delavie. Yeah. Uh, so that's when we kind of uh, were looking around and going, uh-oh, what are we going to do now? Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, Rope, Rope, Ray Roper yeah. became available. So we asked him and he jumped on that and we never looked back. We just yeah. kept going, you know, and the gigs were uh, lots of gigs yeah. and uh, you know some traveling and stuff like that and yeah no it just was carried getting, on well like i said i saw you guys lots as a matter of fact when when roper joined i think it was around 91 because i was i was in between bands and i came down and talked to tommy you guys were playing at a place in surrey and stuff and i came down to talk yeah. to tommy and he said oh we got somebody that we need that we're gonna yeah get. oh i and, never knew that yeah. yeah i did i actually yeah. talked to tommy about uh maybe joining you guys and uh, oh, he said yeah. he said we got a guy already and i said that's fine it was good i was doing okay anyways but um, yeah yeah good for you i never knew that at all well see Stuart. Yeah. That never tells me anything. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. But um, but like I said, for me, you know, I mean, you guys had done the big arena gigs and everything else. But one thing you said to me one time that really meant a lot to me was you said, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat, and you kind of figured out your way. You know, and, well, and I appreciated you saying that because I never did the things that you guys did because I was yeah. around Vancouver, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it, uh, uh, horseshoes too. Sometimes, you know, uh, yeah. uh, when I moved out here, I just went, "Wow, you know, this is uh, I've got horseshoes, uh, and thank goodness I've got them." And I was so happy. But I, I, I just always, I've always lived the the motto of uh, you know, play as hard as you can, try to learn as much as you can, and don't give up having fun. I just yeah. I've always been like that. <laughs> you yeah. can ask anybody. <laughs> I just love to have fun. So yeah. then one thing that struck me about you is that you went and played the, the clubs and the pubs and you did a couple of, um, you know, recording things, but you never got back into that side of it. Like you didn't do the touring again or the extensive sort of arena uh, dates and stuff. Yeah. Uh, just because uh, um, of being with trauma and there was so much work, uh, there yeah. weren't, I just, I think I maybe shut the doors by accidentally without knowing it uh, mm -hmm. to being able to play with guys that were recording and going on the road because we were having so much success with trauma. You were. Yeah. Awesome. You're playing so, all the top clubs. You're making great yeah. money. You're working yeah. all the time. We would do outdoor stuff. We would do merit and you know island stuff. And uh, yeah. we had gigs in the summer that were outdoor things and stuff like that. So we were always we were always busy for a yeah. long, long time. We were always busy until uh, gosh, and I can't even tell you when that would would have been yeah. when the agency things and they started cutting down the number of days that they were playing in the in the taverns and the and uh, the clubs yeah. down from six to five to four and then when it went to three uh that was the, you know a lot of the clubs started really cutting down the money went down and then yeah then when they went to two and one you know and here well, we are yeah you're right yeah. it's definitely a shifting landscape you can yeah as you look back over your life you can see how everything's kind of changed over the oh, years and yeah you know. yeah it's gone yeah it's gone, yeah, yeah, it's amazing isn't it but yeah but, but uh, you found your way and and then you still stayed in touch you're still buddies with the trooper guys but i came to your birthday party actually at the active yeah. pass i even played i jammed with, with the, some guys <laughs> yeah there. i remember that yeah yeah. Well, that was a, uh, that was uh woo. They, if you ever get humbled in your life, that was my night to have definitely been, uh, I walked through the, the door and the, the place was packed and there was like 260 people in there. And I, I yeah. walked in and I, I just about started crying because I yeah. was like, wow. <laughs> it was great. All the yeah. industry yeah. guys were there. Lots of music. Smitty and Ray came and played yeah. and lots of guys were there. It was great. Yeah, that was fun. Nobody thought that the, uh, it was a uh, talk that I think there, Smitty was playing where they were 
everybody said, no, I don't think I can make it. No, I don't think I make it. Then he walked through the door and immediately everybody hit him like, you're playing. And he says, yeah, I know, I know. And when we got up, I mean, that was kind of like uh, to us all off. Okay, what are we going to play, boys? Yeah, that was great. I mean, you know, like, especially because, you know, when you go through the tough years or whatever, you you know, people come and go and stuff. But if you can look back and be friends and and play together and Uh, pat each other in the back, that means a lot, right? Yeah, we never uh, we never had that problem, you know. Uh, uh, the business didn't uh, interfere. With I talked to uh, I talk, I don't talk to Smitty as much, but we we're on back and forth, you know. If anything yep. important comes up, or we if I get bored, or you know, I'll phone him and he'll or he'll phone me. I yep. talk to Ray uh, quite often. We oh, before before uh, the COVID. Um, yeah. Ray and I used to we'd meet down at White Rock for lunch every once every nice. couple, month and a half, couple of months or something like yeah. that. Cool. Have lunch. He'd laugh at me and I'd laugh at him, and uh, yeah. it was great. He's he's wonderful. Those two guys are great. If yeah. it wasn't for those two guys, uh, well, and Tommy, <laughs> I got to yeah. give him some credit because yeah. I lived with him <laughs> for so long. Uh, yeah, they made my life magic. You know, I oh, uh, I thank them every time I see them, and I've told those yeah. guys that numerous times. You made my life magic. No, so. it's good, and it, it was such a well. It, you know, it's a magic formula too i often say with a band you got to have it's like a recipe you got to have the right people and when you had that classic lineup with frank and you and tommy that that was those five albums are just oh yeah you would uh you'd get a buzz on stage when you get you know halfway through the night you'd look out there and go wow (laughs) hang on to my hat you know so what do you think about um ray and smitty retiring and and sort of reforming the band I don't know. I, you know, I don't know exactly what they're doing. Um, I don't know how it's going to work out. I heard the recording. Um, I'm not sure on that, but uh, I don't know. Uh, to me, you know, good for them. Good luck. Uh, to me, it's still about uh, the first five guys, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go out there and do it, you know, but uh, how they should approach what they should call it. I don't, you know. Well, it's hard because you're you're basically at this point now where like we're doing retro Canadian music makers. That's what Liner Notes is about, and and a lot of people right. are moving on in life. And some of the bands have one or two original members. Some of them have none. Like some of them yeah. are just franchises at this point, and that kind of is antithetical to the way we all got together and played in bands, right? Yeah, it's like um, I, yeah, it's just to me, it's like if you're going to do it, somebody somebody should be there representing what you're doing. You know, to, to me, you know, yeah. uh, they should uh, they should have at least had one guy in there or, you know, figure out what to do or, or call it a tribute or something like that. Yeah. Well, I think that's a fair point because I mean, I went and saw a little river band one time and there was the Wayne was the one singer who sang night owls, but the Mm -hmm. the, the guitar player, he probably wasn't even born when those albums came out. I mean, he was a young guy that, plays guitar and, pretty good and it's like meh, okay well that's what i heard i heard that they uh, uh the drummer owned the band from those guys and they put together a band and i guess they came over here and played and i don't think it went over the way they wanted it to from what i heard that's only well, it just wasn't that great i mean i saw yeah. a little little river band when they were in their prime with oh you know, god all, just unreal <laughs> yeah brilliant band eh? yeah so yeah, this that, wasn't anywhere near what what that yeah. was right yeah so well, we'll see. So I don't know because because they've replaced like Smitty Steve Crane's a great guy, great guitar player. I've known great him for guy. decades, right? Yeah. You know, and uh, Dave Steele, of course, is a great singer. Again, I've known him for decades and a good guy. But it's it's Trooper now. It's a it's a cover, sort of a tribute to Trooper. More yeah, than it, right? that's my thought on it. But they'll do what they do. You know, we yeah. can't tell other people what they can do and what they can't do. So it's we live free, with it. The free country. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, is it <laughs> for now? I guess yeah, for now <laughs> depends on yeah. what the truckers do, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah. So, and I was always curious too about people's path. Like for you, did you plan your path, or did it sort of sort of happen? Nah. You said you got kind of lucky, right? Yeah, I think at some point, you know, some guys can plan their uh, their future and stuff like that, and 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 be able to pull it off. Uh, um, you know, I mean, you look at guys like the Beatles and the Stones and that stuff. I don't know if they, you know, those guys started playing and really loved playing, and and the doors opened, and as they opened, they drove down the the avenue of where am I going? But what the heck? It's yeah. doing great for me, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think we're all the same in that, you know, you, it, like I said, it's horseshoes too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you got to be an opportunist. Like for you, for example, you get on that plane, you fly out to Vancouver. You didn't have to yep. do that. You could have just stayed there. Right. Well, yeah. My mom so, and dad were going to throw me out of the house anyway. So I had know. to leave. <laughs> like, but you did the right, you made the right moves at the right time and you were at the right place. And of course that was a magical time. 
Yeah, and I wanted to be, I, I had a chance to move into a recording band that I knew and I liked and I liked the tunes. Yeah. Uh, when I asked if uh, George could help me, um, he was all over it and the guys in Brutus knew it. And uh, when yeah. it when it came through, they were all happy for me and that. And uh, oh, it all worked It all worked out. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I wanted to be in a recording band. I knew they had Randy Bachman. And I'm going, oh, and, you know, this is a good door. It's Let's a go, great yeah. door all the way around, yeah. you know. Well, good for so, you for walking yeah. through it. And then I was—I forgot to mention, I saw you at the uh, Commodore when you did the 25th anniversary show. Too. Oh, boy. Yeah. I did see that. Yeah. So yeah. that was in 2000, right? Uh, yes, it was. It yeah. Was, yeah. Okay. So yeah. I saw that was a, that looked like a fun night for you. All it, you guys. it was, it was just wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's hard to explain, uh, um, you know, the, the, just the excitement on the whole thing and the rehearsals and that stuff that we had, uh, for all of us guys to get back together and, yeah. um, just to be able to play those tunes. And we all kind of, it was kind of like, we'd look at each other and go, Holy gee, yeah. we can all remember the arrangement, right. you know. Yeah. So, and lucky we still a couple of us still had old set lists that were taped on the stage. So, yeah. kept a couple of those. We went through, you know, it was a couple <laughs> of tunes uh, that the Ray and Brian had never doing, like "Say Goodnight" and stuff like that. We did a few tunes like that and "Say Goodnight." Ray was going, "Wow, I forgot how cool this tune is," you know. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so, that was oh, pretty that was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Oh, good for you guys. And um, like I said, I'm happy that you were able to come back together and kind of play and just have some oh, fun, right? Because after you guys all left, Smitty and Ray just basically took over the band and they hired guys well, and they just went out and did their thing, right? Basically, that was it. Yeah, I mean, that was changing as we were going along near the end. Um, you know, Tommy left and that, and uh, I stayed on for a while, and then they kind of took over the company and that, and we came to a good yeah. arrangement, and I stayed on to play with Mark LaFrance. Yeah. Um, and Mark's just, a, Mark's just one wonderful talent, that yeah, boy is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen him in the dog's days, but, uh, you know, we were always passing messages back and forth. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah they, no, he's, they, he's just a great guy, too. So he, oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. 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 We had some good laughs. Oh, sure. good. So yeah. uh, in terms of your career highlights, like what was your favorite recording experience or your favorite, you know, um, sort of time? Oh, probably doing, uh, uh, you know, flying colors and thick as thieves. I think I probably, yeah. you know, uh, I, th I think thick as thieves was pre pretty well a highlight. I loved the album cover. I loved everything oh, about great. it. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, it, it, all the recordings, it was always fun to record, you know, yeah. you get to be creative and, uh, sit down and play your parts. And if it sucks, you can go back in and do an overdub <laughs> if you want to, or fix the mess that you have created, you know? Yeah. But great. there's something cool about doing that and then going out and playing for 10,000 people or whatever and yeah. playing yeah. those songs for them. It's like, yeah. wow, that's yeah. pretty neat, eh? Well, one of the big ones was uh, the Edmonton Coliseum Circus when we got to play yeah. that one. Yeah. And um, the, just to walk out on that stage, uh, yeah. Eddie Money, uh, um, Atlanta Rhythm Section, Heart, uh, Us Guys. Oh. I believe Street Heart was on that too. Cool. And uh, a great story. We got time for a story? Absolutely, yeah. Well, we walked out on, uh, it had rained and it was blowing like crazy. It was just an absolute miserable day. Part of the PA got blown down. Oh. And uh, they rebuilt it all back up and got it going. It was it was like seventy six thousand people, and uh, our turn come up to uh, go out in the stage, and we walked out, and it was black clouds everywhere and we we started out we were here for a good time and Ray walked out at the front of the stage and opened his hand and the sun is shining, and the sun came out. Wow. <laughs> We're all standing on stage oh, going, come on. We played the, <laughs> I swear to God, we played the whole set and, and we, we did a tag and we're here for a good time to see, you know, and then the sun is shining and everything else. And we stopped playing and it started raining. Wow. Unreal. <laughs> we left the stage and went, okay, who had part of fixing yeah. that one? All for the us? stars were aligned that day. Yeah, but... we never figured yeah. it out. That's but uh, yeah, it started raining. We we're coming off the stage and go, geez, it started raining. Oh, yeah. what the hell? What happened here? That's so funny. Oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. cool 76,000 people. We had a ball. Unreal. Yeah. yeah, that those are those are career highlights for sure. Oh, yeah. Stuff yeah, you never for forget. Sure. Yeah. So then on the, on the downside of it, like looking back on your career and stuff, what, is there anything you would have changed? Like, is there anything you would have done uh, differently, like managers or bandmates or I don't know? No, no I, you know, uh, it is, I mean, it's, it is what you get, you know, uh, uh, to me, it's like, you, you can't, you can't write where, I mean, some people, you, they say they write where they're going. No, I don't, I, I wouldn't have changed anything. No. There's nothing you could change really. You know, if you start changing stuff, uh, gosh, no, it's going to end up uh, driving a cab or something like that or something else, you know. 
Yeah. We're going to, you know, we're selling papers. I don't know. Well, but no, then, I, I couldn't change anything. Yeah, because for you, you made the right decisions that got you what you wanted to get. So you actually achieved your goal, right? Some people, you know, they, they pass on things or they yeah. you know, want, fire your manager for no reason and then realize later what that person actually did for you. Stuff like that. Yeah. Is, you know, well, I, was, I mean, there was times when, you know, uh, uh, when we all started moving our own ways that you start questioning yourself and what you've done and, oh, should I have done that or not? But, well, you know, it, it's always kind of worked out, you know. Yeah. Uh, the doors always seem to open, you know, if you close one and you're not being an idiot about it there's yeah. usually another door that's going to open for you hopefully you know yeah and so how much touring did you guys do in the states did you go did you go down to the u.s much uh, yeah uh not a lot we did uh, runs through texas and uh, down south and stuff like that and uh into florida atlanta uh the you know we did basically did the horseshoe uh, you know up in the california down in the california oregon washington and then yeah. down the eastern coast somewhat not a lot through the middle middle west uh we did uh, one tour that was uh, kind of an interesting tour uh, with a band called Head East. And yep. that was done. Love we it. did that in December. Um, and that was the, that would have been uh, the year that John, we were on the road. We were in Bemidji, Minnesota, when we found out that John, uh, John Lennon was killed. Oh, and, okay. Uh, yep. And we were freezing to death in a bus that was a, uh, California made uh, MCI tour bus that was a tour oh. bus out of 1950 and um, uh, it was our tour bus but yeah. nobody nobody thought about when they drove it from Vancouver to uh, um, to Chicago where they met us in Chicago huh. um, that somebody should have put antifreeze in the thing yeah it's so, minus something right? <laughs> <laughs> well she wow. started freezing up and we start we stopped at a Walmart and bought sweatpants to go over our Jeez. Our things and uh, at one point we'd be scraping the window on the inside uh, while we're going yeah. but wow. that's when we got to Bemidji Minnesota and wow. the night that John Lennon passed and yeah. uh, we ended up getting a gas station to be able to put it in there and they antifreezed it up yeah. and, and they put us we got a hotel and they wouldn't put us in the front of the hotel. They put us in the back of the hotel because they're a rock band. Yeah, musicians and, in the back. Yeah, in but, the back, yeah. and and there was no heat in any of the rooms, so we had to yeah. wait for the the rooms to heat up. So, Jeez. yeah, that was yeah. a night to remember oh, for well. sure. But you, yeah. Head East had never been any reason. That's a great song. I still it's still I, on my playlist. Just the, there were only about three or four guys left from the original band, yeah. but. Uh, uh, the young guitar player, and I I would have to go back and find his name. Uh, he took us to his mother's place, and we had passed with his, mo his mother's cool. place and everything else. Young Italian fellow, a great guitar yeah. player, but really, really a great bunch of guys, you know. And cool band. Yeah. We, yeah. we didn't know as much about them as we, uh, when yeah. we first started, as we did when we left them. They're a cool band. Yeah, so. cool. Well, so the reason I ask you about the U.S., because that's one of the knocks on Trooper that over the years that I've heard that they didn't break in the States, you know, that we, they, they wanted to try to break in the states and here for a good time raise a little hell those should have been billboard hits right i and there's just been a story out and whether it's true or not uh kind of at the same time that we got signed and we just got uh, signed kind of in the states was uh olivia newton john was on the same level and there was this guy this piano player guy named elton something i mean yep. something, something elton <laughs> broke huge and and there was a resurgence of the who which were all on mca records so mm. i think that we kind of got uh, put on, on, you know, the burner that was a little bit lower than their yeah. burners. Right. So, well, that seems to make sense because I mean, songs yeah. like raise a little hell and here for a good time. There's yeah, absolutely no reason they could, couldn't have been a charting billboard hit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, the. Uh, Look at Raise a Little Hell. They uh, they play that at the Coliseums. You yeah. listen to football games. I listened to Denver and L.A. and and Detroit and uh, you know, hockey teams like the Florida Panthers. You hear Raise a Little Hell in their arenas all the time. You yeah. know, uh, I was just listening to uh, um, uh, in Beijing the uh, the hockey games. Canada was playing Germany and they scored their fifth goal. <laughs> My daughter looks at me and goes, "Hey, Dad." They're playing raise a little hell there you <laughs> at, go. at the, at the, uh, at yeah. the game. And I, you know, so it's, you know, still around there. You'd think those kind of tunes would, uh, well, uh, have had a little bit more weight, but I think there was some politics too. So, well, I think, in, like I talked to Ian Thomas about it and Andy Kim and yeah. those guys and they like, you, you got to pay. 
You got to yeah. have a record company that's going to write big checks to make yeah. these songs. Yeah. And I, I, you know, you can't help but think that was part of it because. Well, and then when they don't have to write a check, when you've got Elton John and, and uh, Olivia Newton John yeah. and the Who, uh, yeah. they're not writing checks, they're collecting checks. So they yeah. just didn't need to do, you know, the, it, that's yeah. yeah, kind of what we all thought. Oops, sorry. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's true because the, the, the payola thing, you know, you don't use that word now, but it, it just yeah. went underground. It still existed. You had to pay people off to get your songs played. How how many years does that go back? That goes back yeah. to uh, you know uh, to Elvis in those days yeah. and, and guys yeah. like that. You know Jerry Lee Lewis, all those guys. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, they well, all you they all had you know. But now, I mean, they change. You couldn't walk into a radio station with a bag of cash and a bag of coke and two hookers to get. The, <laughs> you know what I mean? To get the guy to play the song, but then you, they would yeah. do it on the sly. Then they had to remove it one, so they had the independent record promoters right. and all these guys so they would do it privately sort of quietly yeah right? yeah so yeah. but ian thomas said that he he said that painted ladies went to 22 or 27 yep. i think and then stopped yep and then he said well what's up with that and they explained it to him he said unless yeah. you pay <laughs> unless you pay going you, any higher yeah you might as well stay at home yeah so yeah so, for sure no. well anyway yeah. so I, I wondered about that because i didn't think it was it was an issue with trooper i thought the albums were fine the songs were fine and they should have broken the state so when i asked you about the touring you end yeah. up being a, a an opening act for some bands right well we opened and uh, we did one with my uh, just different shows we'd uh, trade openings and and that did a few things with mahogany rush yeah. frank marino yeah who, cool. those guys were those guys were great yeah. um and and we would just trade headlines and that. Did a couple with Triumph down there. Nice. Uh, uh, they, we opened for them for a couple of shows because they, they did pretty well down there. Uh, yeah. They opened some big doors down there. So In Texas, but, they were huge, right? People huge. loved them. I yeah. Loved Triumph, yeah. I mean. Huge yeah, time. they hit. And I played with Gil Moore years before that. Um, him and a guy named Freddie Keeler, yeah. a great guitar player, and myself. And I can't remember who the drummer was. And it was in a band called, you're going to love this one, Abernathy Shagnaster's Wash and Wear Band. <laughs> I'm going back to the Ontario days. That's what they were funny. called. You can ask Gil if you ever get them because yeah. he'll deal. He reminds me. Uh, he was he was What a name for a band, eh? Yeah, that's um, too funny. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, yeah, you rub shoulders with lots of those guys and, and Triumph, oh, yeah. I guess they didn't want to go on the road. I guess they did their time on the road, but what a great band, man. I was a yeah, big, huge yeah. fan of, of Triumph. So, well, and Mike and I, uh, we played in our first bands together. I was playing it when he was just a young guy too, playing bass in the, I, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember what band he played with. And his dad worked for RCA records, which was a big help for, you know, whatever band he was in. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, yeah. that helps. Great guys. Well, awesome. Well, that's great. And so what have you got? Well, you're still playing, right? You still got some gigs. You got a gig next week, actually, from what you uh, said, right? Yeah, we're playing Donegal's next week uh, with uh, Tommy's playing with nice. us. And uh, uh, he's uh, still working for the Blood Bank of Vancouver. And uh, yeah. he does the plays whenever he can. Oh, good. Um, he's been doing this. He's been doing that. Well, he's been doing it for years, but he's been yeah. working his tail off uh, all the way through this pandemic. And yeah. then I got uh, Ian Monker who, uh, from One yeah. and a Half. Um, yeah, great guitar player. Great yeah, guy, for, too. So. Yeah, for sure. So we call him Broken Knee right now because he uh, fell on the ice and broke his oh. leg. So oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, big broken knee, we yeah. call him. So. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that uh, Tommy's still out there doing his thing. I told you that funny story when I saw you guys in Kamloops years ago and yeah, Tommy yeah. made me laugh so hard, man. I, <laughs> no. He's always got a permanent smile on his face. Right? He, he's always got a smile. And if he's not got a smile, he's trying to figure out how to get in trouble. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and usually he doesn't get in trouble, but he likes to think he can try. Yeah, that's so. funny. No, he's, well, he's great. Yeah, good. Well, good. And then I'm glad you're still playing. You said you're going to carry on and do your thing and, and uh, play as much as you can, as much as you want, right? I'd, I'd like to, you know, whatever we, uh, doors we can open, whatever clubs will have us. And if I can keep yeah. a lineup of guys that want to play, um, yeah. you know, just do what we can. I mean, the, it's so different now. You know? yeah. yeah, you're right. It's a different world. I, I often ask in my podcast, you know, how has the music business changed over the last 50 years? Oh, and of course, like, people laugh. They go, oh, man, <laughs> what do you, yeah, where yeah. do I start? <laughs> Don't ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Because it's so such a different world now. But you know, whatever. We weave our way through it. I've done that. You know what I'm mm -hmm. my history. I've kind of found my way and I just kind of weave through and go, where where can I go here? What can I do? So, yep. Yeah, that's all you can do. Uh, you know, the, the 
if you can get gigs, you get them. And of course, with yourself, you, you're able to go on the road and do a few gigs, which is good because of, yeah. of your career choices too, which is great. You know, yeah, so. it's, it's worked out pretty good. I'm pretty thankful. And, and of course we get oh. to be around too. I didn't, I wouldn't want to tour, but I like to, I like to work and I, and I, I like being a full-time musician. I just enjoy it and I want to do it. Yeah. So I'm yeah. doing it, you know? Well, like yeah. I say, with, since this pandemic, I mean, you know, I spent a lot of time cutting, cutting the lawn at home and washing the kitchen floor. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> you, you know, I'm, I'm kind of jumping that and I play every day. I've always got a bass and a guitar out oh, leaning on I, every day. I all sat there and play and, uh, uh just practice. Oh, uh, good. You get, you're, just, you're domesticated. You're going to make a good wife someday. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> I, I really hope not. <laughs> I, you know, the worst, I, I'm just terrible in the kitchen. I, I can yeah, wash the dishes. Don't ask me to cook. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And yeah. you, uh, you still ride your Harley once in a while. Every chance I get, uh, we had a big discussion, a bunch of us guys this year, because we never rode much last year. Oh. And uh, uh, we were all together, five or six of us that all ride together. And I said, that's it. We're putting insurance on and we're riding every weekend, whether we want yeah. or not, because everyone still works. I'm, I'm the only bum in the family with yeah. all of us guys. And uh, it said, everyone, we're riding every weekend, boys. That's it. So well, good. I said, watch out. The phone will be ringing. Yeah. yeah, well, it's going to be a good summer too. Like it's, uh, we, you should have uh, lots of the spring and the summer should be fantastic, right? I well, I hope so. If, yeah. if it stops raining, yeah. yeah. Well, well, and then the the pandemic yeah. stuff is pretty much. I mean, I think we're pretty much done now, right? Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, it's been a long, it's long, been a long, tough. Yeah two years you know oh, yeah. the last time i played basically well uh was uh march 6th and 7th of uh, uh 2020 and then we were supposed to go to mexico on the 19th and on the 18th they shut everything down and we can't we had canceled because they said they were going to our flights yeah. and everything else so yeah, yeah i got rid of that that's right yeah. it's two years in in about two weeks it'll be two yeah. years since i know wow. i know oh well i got lucky i, I haven't been sick you know yeah. So, well, you didn't, and you haven't mentioned Trish yet. You, you know, you're going to get in trouble. Right? <laughs> Trish looked after you through the whole pandemic. And yeah, yeah, sure she did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she now now she's going to kill me for sure. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Well, good. Well, thanks a lot for coming on, man. I really enjoyed talking to you. Of course, we've been friends for many years, but I I, wanted to hear some, I learned a few things and uh, in doing my research and talking to you, so it's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So, so and let me. Yeah. Before we we do end, uh, I'm just teasing about Trish. Trish, I love you. Yeah. No, of course, yeah. <laughs> just got to get make sure you mention her. Oh, she's she'll kill. She's <laughs> gonna kill me anyway. <laughs> so, thank you very much for having me. I had a ball. Many thanks to Donnie Underhill for being part of the Liner Notes podcast and sharing some insights from his incredible experiences in the music business. And we hope you enjoyed the podcast and invite you to subscribe to it and share it on social media so others can enjoy it as well. You can become a member if you like as well. And we invite you to listen to Dusty Discs Radio Tuesdays and Thursdays to hear music from the Canadian artists you're hearing on this show. So until next time, I'm Dan Harris.